Hello there, travelers. It's Sean. And Naomi. We're so happy you decided to join us for this holiday. From here at the Morbid Forest, we want to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas. A Happy Hanukkah. A Happy Kwanzaa. And a Happy Yule. We have more in store for you in the new year. But for now, settle in for your Christmas delight. See, See you, you in the next, next year, year travelers. travelers. good little boy or girl this year? It's the question on everyone's lips this time of year. As the years have slithered by, the question and answer grow diluted and murky, washed away in an undertow of fast fads and misparental observations. What was once revered no longer holds the same connotation. Most bad actions are deemed good, and the good seen as quite the bore. In an age where apple wrap boxes and steam past stuff stocking garner all the kids' cheer, it grows harder and harder to filter out who's naughty or nice. The world is obscured by gray-moraled young bucklings whose complex desires grow steeper each year. The holiday now leaves a foul taste in one's mouth, casting one being's purpose further south. So what is to become of said being and his yule tidings when he no longer has reason or purpose to spread jolly old Christmas cheer? Another rough one this year. <sighs> Egon turned from his place at the fire, his slitted black peepers sliding to the side. In a tall wingback chair slumped a figure he loved so dearly. The shadows quake in rivulets around his master's face, shrouding what Egon presumed was a sour leer. The unbecoming sight unsettling Egon down to his stubby toes. Every year his master grew worse for wear, as the modern world advanced further from an image they recognized. Gone were the dirt roads and thatched roof mud houses, all replaced with skyscrapers with tight-lipped veneers. Where idyllic box houses sat in perfect lane rows, but its contents remained more rigid than bone. Gone were the humans who cowered in fear, Lost were the babes who cried when his master rode near. Now his broad frame sat dejected and weary, 
not even in the mood for chestnuts or tender rums to roast. Licking his lips, Egon pedaled nearer. Taking his chances, he queried, Master, Master, have you eaten? I have no desire for food, Egon. Leave me. The fire crackles as Egon's lips fall silent. He wishes so much the light to return in his master's coal eyes, to be useful once more and for the elves to thrive, because what use is an elf that the world does not require? They live to be of service, otherwise they return to dust. And that is a fate Egon just can't endure. Farewell, master. But should you need anything, anything at all? What need would I have? I don't know, master. Any need, really. I'm tired, Egon. So very, very tired. The world has lost its light bringer, its joyous Batman. And not one of those dullards has taken a second glance. Now go. I do not have the energy for your questions. Egon gazes with baffled contemplation as his master's form slinks into a shadowy embrace. He never fathomed a day where his master rejected the holiday he was born for. As you wish, master. Egon bowed before turning to exit the cabin. He allowed the harsh winds to snap the wood door from his stout fingers, the weight of his frustration rattling its frame. As his somber boots sink into the white maw of the snow, his mind stews on his master's forlorn state. It was no secret the toy factory, once vibrant and bustling, was rapidly turning into a spider's homestead. Children desired toys less and less, and elves were just not capable of fashioning gifts of the electronic fair. Egon's temper boiled, hot enough to melt snow, his stunned limbs shaking like a leaf in a storm. His rage simmered to the edge, threatening to cook his brain, when suddenly an idea took foot in his head. As Egon crested the slate-covered terrain, a view of the factory rising high in his eye, his mind hatched a plan to guarantee the end of his master's slump. He just needed the help of three willing companions. The sack was packed, its contents not quite as high. The sleigh was hitched to nine reindeer who were ready in kind. Egon shuffled into the loading bay, his eyes peeled for his kindred. A total of 683 elves worked tirelessly each year to supply good little boys and girls with their Christmas cheer. But as the modern world expanded, their naughty lists grew rampant, soon muddling into permanent gray stasis. The balance of the world was most certainly out of order, and Egon missed when things were more black and white when children feared the repercussions and for their soul's plight. Egon spotted Riker, Eamon, and Gustav loading the last of the Christmas fair, their shoulders rounded in defeat and despair. Egon ran to their sides, yanking them further into the shadow. 
each of them scowling at their friend's urgent expression. Listen up, you three. I know Massa hasn't been the same since Nixon was in power. Ah, oh, yes, the good old days. What about after we started all that war, huh? Or leaving a little snap for the milk for the good sight? Not a single child disciplined for over a decade? Just stupid participation trophies handed out at every occasion? Hey, remember all those parties we used to go to? Think the humans do those visual parties? Ah, uh, they probably just do some weird cyber suit on the duck now. Humans aren't about species to species with their actions anymore. They interacted with other species? Doesn't that make the young come out not human looking? You idiot, not like that. They only interact with each other. Nah, I don't know, Gus. Have you seen that new dark web stuff? Quiet, the lot of you. We're not here to discuss the happenings of interpersonal human interactions. What else is there to talk about? The master! Silence drops instantly between the conspiring elves. The elves wanted for little else in life than to obey and attend to their master's needs. Each one felt his will's degradation and longed to restore his reputation. I think I know a way to cheer the master up. He has been more glum the last few years. Yes, this is the worst I've seen him since the Puritan era when children were too concerned with their god and soul to care for Christmas. So what's the plan? Burn down their homes? Oh, <laughs> oh, I like that plan. You like anything involving fire. But no, we are not burning down their homes. We are going to take care of the Christmas deliveries and get Master back into the spirit. Will the reindeer fly if it is us behind the reins? The reindeer are mindless beasts who don't know the difference. I don't know. Rudolph one is shifty. That's because you are smarter by that walking fluff there with a red nose. Don't mean he's smarter than the rest of us. At any rate, we need to remind him what tonight is all about. And that is balance. Now, let's steal the sleigh. Did you say you're going to steal the sleigh? The male elves turned, finding a trio gawking with concern. Egon groans with contrition while his mind seethes with anger. These nosy Bettys would not ruin his plot. Sleigh? I didn't say anything about stealing the sleigh, did I, boys? Nope. 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 No. You lying little dwarf. I heard you clear as day. Yeah, we heard it too. Didn't we, Pepper? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what did he say? I don't know what you heard, but it wasn't that. If you're going to steal the sleigh, we want in. We do? No, out of the question. I'm not letting you go anywhere with my boss's reindeer. Plus, you need supervision. If we're going to save Christmas, I want to make sure it's done right. Egon looked to his brothers, who shrugged in reply. He didn't care for the female elves, but if all went to plan, his master's slump was soon to be well out of hand. Fine. Let's go before we lose our chance. We need a plan. Plan? Egon spun, his dark eyes landing on Riker, an idea forming in his mind. He patted his pockets until he found what he required. He threw the item towards Riker, whose eyes beamed with mischievous glee. Go start trouble. The rest of you, follow me and wait for the signal. Oh, what signal? <laughs> You'll say, Chuck up, 
The elves ran along the perimeter, their tiny bodies coiled waiting for flight. The factory buzzed on, not a care or detraction. In three heartbeats, Calamity was awoken as a fiery explosion shattered the peaceful night. Obsidian plumes rose high into the rafters as hungry citrine flames licked up the far walls. They hissed and chortled as mayhem ensued, little elf feet scampering and some wailing in their attempts to flee, all the while not noticing the elves creep closer to their steed. Egon and his band boarded the sleigh, his eyes on the hazing horizon through the smoky blaze. His wood splinter hands gripped the reins tight as his vocal cords stretched out into the chaotic night. On Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. The reindeer buck, stomping their hooves rising from the factory floor. Cries of outrage and horror rang like church bells as the herd prepared to soar. Now come on, you red-nosed asshole. Light that shit up! Black eyes swiveled back, glaring down at Egon. But the elf didn't care for the beast's deathly stare. He had plans to save Christmas. He had no time to spare. With a crack of the reins, Rudolf wailed like a bugle from the depths of hell, just as Riker boarded the vessel. With a final battle cry, they shot forth through the sky, six elves soaring high in hopes to save Christmas this year. The sleigh touched down on a quiet roof in Maine, a light dusting of snow coating each roof as far as the eye can see. The elves disembark, their button eyes taking in the serene scene. Aren't one of you going to help us? What for? So we can deliver the toys? That's not why we're here. It's not? Most certainly not. If we're not here for presents, then what are we here for? Gustav. Hand me the book. The three lady elves gasp as the male elves snicker with glee. The book was the most precious item of all the North Pole, for it was St. Nick's log of all naughty and good little boys and girls. Gustav dismounted the sleigh, the heavy tome outstretched with reverent regard. Many had not seen its contents, as it was for jolly old Kringle's eyes alone and it was forbidden to glance through its pages. You wouldn't dare. But I would. Extreme circumstances call for extreme measures. What if it hollows out your eyes? Or sets fire to your hair? Egon can manage it. But boss. Open it. Open it. Open it. The ladies watch on in horror as Egon opens the gold leaf ledger. It's blinding pages, brighter than the northern star. Egon scours the names until he finds just the right one. Thomas Brad, age nine of Augusta, Maine, is undoubtedly the naughtiest cretin on St. Nick's list this year. He's covered the basics, bullied and caused pain. He ignores his parents and calls them every bad name. He's failing school, 
He's an internet troll and far too depraved. He is the worst of his age. A menace true to all. He's perfect for us. He's perfect for the claw. Riker and Eamon danced about with Jubilee. Gustav whooped to the sky with his eyes filled with malice. However, the females looked on at the displaying atrocity. So you're not saving Christmas? I think that's obvious. Might as well join the fun. We are not joining anything, Pepper. You can't do this, Egon. It hasn't happened in a millennia. The humans will riot. It will be an all-out war. Or maybe, just maybe, it'll be a real Christmas once more. The humans have grown lazy, and so have our master. The humans have forgotten our existence. They fear nothing of death. It's time we remind them, and Thomas shall repent. With a wicked laugh, Egon leapt down the chimney. The others scampered behind him through the debris and soot. Mary still stood next to the reindeer in shock as Rudolph's wet crimson nose poked her hollowed cheeks. She nuzzled the beast, unsure of how to stop Egon's dastardly plan. She turned to the reindeer, his eyes glowing hot like Santa's naughty coals. With a nod and a huff, she tossed Santa's sack over her shoulder and rode down the dark hearth. The elves emerged into a modern home dwelling. Its interior was silent as its occupants deftly slumbered. The living room was decorated with top to bottom glittering holiday merriment. Presents sat waiting under a tinseled pine tree. Evergreen garlands slithered around borders and behind dangling overstuffed stockings. And in the center of the picturesque scene rested a cold glass of milk next to a smattering of stale cookies, a pristine bite taken from each. It was just what the elves pictured Christmas should be all about. The elves dispersed into the home, the boys howling with mirth as they squirreled up the tree. The pine shimmied and rocked, finally plummeting to the floor, its fine round ornaments and baubles bursting on the carpeted floor. Like hooting chimpanzees, they tore into the presents, gutting them to their core. They tore down the stockings from their hooked sanctums and pissed on the couch like barnyard animals. They even broke into a bottle of scotch, guzzling it down, becoming a drunken lot. This wasn't the plan. Please stop this right now. Or what? St. Nick isn't coming. He's at home, giving up. And how will this make our master work once more? You'll have to wait and see, tits and tits. As the elves destroy the idyllic Hampshire home, Thomas Bradley slept soundly above chaos unknown. It wasn't the loud voices or the glass breaking below, but a soft clumping hoof that awoke the roguish little fiend. He sat up in bed, his feet drawing him to the door. He thought his parents were lying about dear Santa Claus, but he still wrote him a letter each and every year. As he crept down the stairs, he expected his mother, or maybe his father, to be placing his presents under the dressed tree. What he saw instead sent his little heart racing as he witnessed six tiny elves run amuck in his home. With a guttural gasp, all eyes turned to the archway. What he saw reflecting back set his bladder racing away. 
Six elves leered at the pajama-clad youngling. Their clothes were tattered, each spawn sporting long, scraggly manes. Yellow-stained smiles soured his stomach as their foul-putrid odor filled the cramped air. Their skin was graying, outlining their frailed bones, as nails sharp like raptor claws gleamed brighter than the first snow. With a scream, Thomas fell back, but the tot's fate was sealed as the vultures drew closer and threw him kicking and screaming into Kringle's rucksack. He shouted for his mother, he wailed for his dear father, but the magic of the evening stifled his cries. Screeching like sea banshees, the elves rolled Thomas up and out of the chimney. Eon, we, we can't. We can't take this child with us. I can and I will. Just you wait. Just you see. The female elves felt defeated as the others boarded the sleigh. Egon cracked the reins, sending them up far and away. Poor Thomas did bellow. He pleaded and threatened, but not a soul heard his tiresome plea. As they soared through the sky, Egon smiled to the heavens, knowing his ploy would rally his master's spirits. They landed the sleigh outside the small cabin. The fire of the factory was all but put out, although there wasn't an elf in sight. The North Pole was silent as the night was fabled as the elves clambered into their master's lair. As the six members erupted into the brittle cabin space, they were greeted by two figures who waited for their arrival. Egon saddled his shoulders, his chin rising high, as Krampus leaned forward with a gleam in his eye. Egon, you've been quite the naughty elf. I have, master. But with good reason. I've brought you a present, some holiday cheer. Please, dear master, come take up here. Krampus looked deep into his faithful elf-shining expression. The minutes ticked by, but finally the beast harumphed. He was centuries old, too tired for games. But his curiosity was far too much to ascertain. His bones clicked and creaked as he rose from his winged chair to shake out his long matted hair. His glowing red eyes locked on the wiggling sack, sending his scarred eyebrows to the roof racks. With deafening clumps of his cloven hooves, Krampus crept closer, his bony gnarled fingers clasping the sack. And in one graceful motion, he tipped it wide open, dumping poor Thomas to the cold wooden floor. The boy's eyes grew to saucers at the sight of the beast at his ghostly shackles set around him like garland, at the hell-colored eyes that bore into him like the sun. The young boy's eyes rose up and up, taking in the shadowy fur wrapping Krampus's frame, at the curved-tipped horns scraping the thatched ceiling. With a whimper, the young child soiled his Christmas jammies once more, only igniting the glee in the demon's dark orbs. My, 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 what have you brought me, Egon? Egon beams like a peacock, his deed coasting his lips, when the second fabled feature made his presence known. With a snap of their fingers, the faded book floated through the air. 
a black-gloved hand snatching it down to read it for all aloud. Thomas Bradley, age nine of Augusta, Maine. You have been a very naughty boy this year. Santa rose from his cracked leather chair, his white beard shining like a beacon in the crisp night. Thomas's lips wobble at the sight of old Saint Nick, but the being was not interested in his trivial sniffles and leered. <laughs> Dear Thomas, your tears are of no use here. You've relished plenty in other people's sorrow, and I feel no pity for the lesson you shall reap. See, this here is my brother, my dear Krampus, my claw, my shadowy punishment bringer. If you were a good boy, you wouldn't be here, but instead you must be given us a lesson this year, a reminder to all the little boys and girls that if they don't remain within Santa's good standings, they get a nasty visit from my precious Krampus. Krampus, good brother, the world has quite changed from its former glory. And I know you don't understand the world much, but what hasn't changed is my list of good tots. They need a reminder. They need a new fear. Perhaps it's time to bring your own brand of Christmas cheer. Krampus laughed, a joyous, terrible chuffing, his fangs beaming bright as he turned his gaze to the frightened young boy. Let the punishment begin. And so, dear friend, a lesson is to be learned, for one is never too old to be placed on Santa's list. Krampus has awoken from his midnight slumber. He is sharpening his whips for each naughty brood's rumps his hellfire burning hotter as he stokes it with your fear. Be kind to each other, for the beast roams once again each year. And unless you want to be dragged through his hot bellows, I'd steer clear from making Krampus's list this holiday year. This has been a Morbid Forest Christmas special. On this special episode, you've heard Little Helpers, written by Naomi Richards, with narration by Naomi Richards, Matt Trevino, Kyle Bone, Sean Conkling Mathot, Devin Bohr, Sean Moreau, Ron Hyatt, Phoenix Fire, and Maddie Gerard. And thanks so much for joining us on this very special holiday. Rest up, because we have so much more in store for you. See you next year, travelers. <laughs>